Good morning, Passionate Life Church. How are you guys doing today? Come on, you got that extra hour of sleep. You should be honed in and raring to go. I uh, want to welcome everybody that's watching us online right now. Hey, thank you for tuning in. It's going to listen to our podcast. Thank you for watching and listening and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. For those of you that do not know me, and we are in a series today called Above All Else. Above All Else, we are Christians. And during this, this climate of politically charged emotion, right? Everybody is just being inundated with, with politics through the mail and on social media and on TV. We literally cannot get away from it. And that's why we're doing a series called Above All Else. Above our political affiliation, we are Christians. If you're a Christian today, we are Christians above all else. We are followers of Christ. And so uh, before we, we get into it today, I want to just uh, remind everybody uh, we're taking communion today. It's the first of the month, and so you should have got your all-in-one when you came in. If not, I'll make sure that you get one um, as we transition after the message into uh, communion time. I want to encourage everybody that's watching online, get your juice and get your crackers to take communion with us uh, after the message, all right? Okay, above all else, let me just recap really quick. Uh, we, part one, we talked about worry, okay? A lot of us have been worried, right, during this season, during this time of pandemic and quarantine and shutdown and who's going to be our next president. We've, we've been worried, and worried is a great adversary of seeking God first. And so we had to get rid of worry. And then last week, uh, I talked about hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit for yourself. That, that, as your pastor, that is my, uh, man, that, that is my heart for you, is that you would hear the voice of the Holy Spirit for yourself. It is the greatest gift I feel that God has given me, being able to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit. And so today, uh, part three, before we, we get into part three, uh, I got a little intro to the message, and so this doesn't count as my time, Okay. See, I, I can do that as a pastor. Um, because, because on Wednesday morning, some of you are going to be really, really sad because your person didn't win, okay? And then there's some of you that are going to be really, really happy, overly happy and overjoyed. And as your pastor, what I want to do, and as my role as your pastor, I want to uh, care for your soul. I want to care for your soul. I care about your soul and how you feel Wednesday morning, uh, however you voted. Uh, I want to care for you, okay? And so I want to give you an example. How, what, what did Jesus think of politics, okay? What did Jesus think of politics? How did he act in a politically charged environment, which he was, okay? And so there was three main political parties when Jesus was here on earth. There was one, there's the Roman Empire, which um, basically conquered Israel, okay? They were occupying Israel. So there's the Roman Empire. And then there was the Herodians, okay? And then there were the Pharisees. Okay, the Herodians basically were in the pocket of the Roman Empire. They were a big government. And then the Pharisees just wanted to destroy everything. They just wanted to down with the government. Okay, and so as there's these three political parties, we're all trying to get Jesus to be on their, on their team. Okay, they're all trying to 
get Jesus to be on their team. And so I want to read a passage for us today in Luke 20, 20 through 23. And uh, I want to show you, you know, a lot of the, the things that you know, political candidates talk about is taxes, okay? And so this group of people was trying to trip up Jesus. They're like, Jesus, what should we do about taxes? Okay, should we pay taxes? So let, let, let's read it this, this morning. Luke 20, 22, 23. Watching for their opportunity, the leaders sent spies pretending to be honest men. They tried to get Jesus to say something that could be reported to the Roman governor so he would arrest Jesus. Teacher, they said, we know that you speak and teach what is right and are not influenced by what others think. You teach the way of God truthfully. Now tell us, is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Okay, so let's just hold there for a moment, okay? What tax are they talking about? They're specifically talking about the imperial tax, okay? This wasn't sales tax or state tax or income tax. This was imperial tax that they're talking about. What's an imperial tax? It's a tax that Caesar made up that the, the conquering, the occupying nation had to pay directly to him just for them being conquered, okay? Like, like imperial tax, that's what they're talking about. So they're saying, Jesus, should we pay this tax? Let's continue. He saw through their trickery and said, show me a Roman coin. Because he didn't have a coin, okay? Jesus didn't have a coin. He didn't have a quarter on him, all right? So that should tell you something about Jesus. Whose picture and title are stamped on it? Caesar's, they replied. Well then, he said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Give to God what belongs to God. I mean, it makes it really simple. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but give to God what is God's. So they failed to trap him by what he said in front of the people. Instead, they were amazed by his answer and they became silent. Okay, this is why Jesus doesn't pick a political party, okay? And this is why our launching scripture is Matthew 6.33 that says, above all else, right? Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. This is why Jesus uh, makes such a, a high emphasis on seeking the kingdom of God. Because listen to me, the Republican Party and the Democrat Party will cease to exist someday. It will cease, it will cease. Listen, our country will cease to exist someday. And so Jesus is like, listen, I am above political parties. We are seeking a eternal kingdom, not a temporary one. And listen, man, yes, you should vote. Yes, you should vote on policy. Yes, you should vote through scripture. Yes, you should do all that. But let me tell you, at the end of the day, we are seeking a eternal kingdom that is far above this temporary one that we live in. And no matter, listen to me, listen to me, no matter who is president on Wednesday, Passionate Life Church is still going to thrive. We're still going to be here. We're still going to go forward. We're still going to reach people for Jesus. We're still going to disciple people. Man, we're just, we're still going to be here. Jesus says the gates of hell can come after this church, but we will prevail. Why? Because Jesus is the head. 
and we're led by the Holy Spirit. So listen, no matter who's president, this church is going to thrive. We're going to continue to reach more people for Jesus, love people to Jesus, disciple people for Jesus. We're going to continue to do what God has asked us to do no matter what. Amen? So the title of my message today, please do not disturb. Please do not disturb. Come on, let's pray and we'll get into God's word today. Father, I thank you for this moment, God. I thank you that we live in the greatest country in the world, God, and we just pray your will to be done. Whoever you want to be president, you already know. And so we just submit your, our will to your will, God, and we trust you, Jesus. We trust you above all else with our worries and anxieties. God, we just give them to you right now in this moment. Holy Spirit, help us to focus on your word today, God. Let it, let it seek down deep into our hearts and our minds, God. Transform us, Lord. Father, speak through me today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. And amen. Our culture was trending this way before the, the pandemic and the quarantine happened, and that was social distancing. We've, we've been social distancing for a while now since the invention of the smartphone, right? I mean, you, you, you walk into a, a, a restaurant, right, and you see four people sitting there, and you see all four of them like this on their phone. They're Social distancing, right? Like people are walking around, like, like the people are walking around like this all of the time, like, like with their head down and, and not encountering one another, right? And so we've been trending because of the invention of the smartphone, we've been trending towards this thing called uh, social distancing for a while. Um, I thought this was funny. I was riding my bike this week and I was riding past this, this horse farm and, and I saw this, this teenage girl on a horse and she was scrolling on her phone while riding a horse, and I'm like, I bet you she's checking how many likes she got from the selfie she took from her phone, you know, from her horse. You know what I'm saying? Like, but this, this is the day and age that, that we live in. And then, and then this pandemic happened and the quarantine and the shutdown and the mask and everything. Listen, we're going to get through this, okay? I, I just want to encourage you today. We're going to get through this. We're going to get through this election. We're going to get through this year. Come on, and God's got great things in store for our life still. We're going to get through this lockdown, the shut. We're going to get through it all, okay? We're going to get through it. But what's going to happen afterwards, and we're already seeing it, is just this, there's going to be some PTSD that comes out of this, okay? And, and I've seen it already. I'll walk into a store with my mask on, and I'll pass 30 people, and 30 people will not acknowledge me as a human being. And, it, and it's just this, this, this thing that's being wired into us to stay away from people, to not touch people, to not look at people, because the, the virus might jump on us if we're looking at somebody. It's just like all this panic and fear. And what it's causing is causing this, this social isolation, even when we're together. And it's literally like we are wearing... Please do not disturb signs on us. 
We're just, we're just walking around, just like, don't mess with me. Like, don't talk to me. Don't come six feet near me. Like, and just like, this is going to, guys, this is going to, this is, some people for the rest of our lives that we know will wear a mask. Well, just, this is just who, where we're at today. And, and we're, we're just wearing these, please do not disturb signs on us. And, and my fear is your, your pastor is that we, we, we take this attitude, this outward attitude, and it seeps into our spiritual lives. And we're walking around with this sign over our soul, and we're saying, God, please don't disturb me. Because when you hang one of these, right, you're saying to everybody, do not disturb me for any purpose or any reason, right? Don't disturb me. And it's very easy to take what is happening to us physically and let it seep into our spiritual lives with God. And so there's some of us that is walking around with this please do not disturb sign on us towards God. And here's the thing, here's the thing about Jesus. Jesus' ministry for three and a half years was all about disturbing and disrupting our lives. I can imagine every day the disciples would wake up with Jesus and they'd be like, Jesus, what are we going to do today? What are we doing today, Jesus? And Jesus would turn to them and say, we're going to disrupt the world. Kind of like Binky in the brain. You know what I'm saying? Remember that cartoon? What are we going to do today, Binky? We're going to take over the world, right? It was the same response every single day. And that's what Jesus did and his disciples. They disrupted everybody. He, they disrupted the religious people. They disrupted the sinners. He would go hang out with them. You know what I'm saying? Like he disrupted everything. That's who Jesus was. And if we don't take this off of our souls, we're going to miss opportunity for God to do something special and miraculous in our lives. There was a time in my life that, that Don and I, we were really, really comfortable. We were comfortable in our lives. We had two good jobs, and, and uh, man, we, we thought we bought our forever home 10 minutes from the ocean, seven minutes from church. Uh, we, we were just living the dream. Our lives were very, very comfortable. We had two ministries that we were running, very successful uh, singles ministry and a prayer night, and, and our lives were fulfilled. But I took this sign down, and I was at the end of a 21-day of prayer and fasting, and God spoke to me, and he disrupted my life, and he says, I've called you to be a pastor, and I've called you to plant a church in Denver, Colorado. That was not a good disruption for me, okay? That was not something awesome to hear from the Lord when I am very comfortable in my life in the corporate world, okay? We just bought our forever home, all right? That's, that's not something that I wanted to hear, but I took the sign down, the please do not disturb sign down, and I let God speak to me. Some of us today, we, we, we've, we've put this, this, this shell up. We've, we've put this sign up in our lives, not only in our physical lives, but our spiritual lives also. I remember when I, I used to do door-to-door uh, -door sales for, for a short period of time, uh, I, I would sell salon packages door-to-door. Not a good job, okay? It wasn't a great job, okay? Um, it was very humbling. And, and I just remember going up to these doors and they had these no soliciting signs, right? 
on their doors. And then we've been trending towards this way, you know, people, you know, get away from me. Don't talk to me. Like, are you kidding me? You came to my house and are trying to talk to me? Like, this is where we're trending to as a society. And as a Christian, we cannot have, please do not disturb signs on our chest, even if they vote differently than you. Jesus died for all people, just not people that vote like you. And so as Christians, we need to be careful what we're putting on our Facebook because, man, we want to reach people for God. We want to reach people for, for Jesus, and we certainly don't want to put a, a political wedge between us and them because we want to be right. We need, we need to take down our please do not disturb sign and remember above all else, we are Christians. Because this is what Jesus did. Jesus disrupted people's lives all of the time. He wants to disrupt our lives. He wants to disrupt our lives every single day. And so I had four points today, but I had to cut it in half to two. And so I'm going to preach the second part of this, this series next week. It's, it's kind of like uh, part 3A, if you want to say it today. And so I got two things today that divine disruption can bring, okay? Two things today I want to talk about. We'll talk about uh, another two or maybe three next week, okay? So the first thing that divine disruption can bring is provision, when we allow God to divinely disrupt our lives, he will bring provision. I want to read a story today in 1 Kings 17, 8 through 11. And I want to show you in Scripture what happens when we let uh, divine disruption into our lives. And Elijah in this, in this story, he represents the voice of God. He, he represents the disruption in this widow's life. Let's go ahead and read it today. 1 Kings 17, 8, 8 through 11. Then the Lord said to Elijah, go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. So he went to Zarephath. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks. She is minding her own business, okay? And he asked her, would you please bring me a little cup, a little water in a cup? As she was going to get it, he called to her, Oh, and bring me a sandwich too. Like this, is a, this is a disruption to this lady's life, right? Like he's asking her for what? She doesn't know this guy, okay? He could be a creeper. Like she doesn't know him at all. She's minding her own business. She's picking up sticks, and he says, hey, can you get me some water? And she's like, okay, fine, I'll get you some water. And then he's like, hey, can you make me a sandwich? And she's like, what? Let's continue. I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single, this is her response, a single piece of bread in the house, and I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then my son and I will die. Talk about depressed. 
talk about someone who is at their lowest point in their life, right? Like she's a widow. Her, her husband has died. She's probably sold everything in the house to try to survive. And now she's at the very end of her life. I mean, you want to talk about sad. She's thinking about dying. Like she, she's picking up sticks. Like this is her last meal for her son and just all the disappointment that she's feeling, that she isn't able to provide, that she's lost her husband and just the self, you know, this is just, man, just this self-doubt and just, man, just thinking uh, that she's worthless and just, man, she's in the deepest of the deepest hole right now. And she encounters this man who is asking for water in a sandwich and her response is, I don't have anything but a little. I don't, I don't have anything but, but a little. And, and I don't know if you understand this, but I'm getting, this is all I have. And, and we're getting ready to die. Like, like, this is it. All I have is a little. And look at Elijah's response. He says, don't be afraid. Some of us are, are, are afraid today. You're watching online and, and you're afraid. And, and I just want to speak to our online audience for a moment. I just want to encourage you. I know many of you have been staying faithful online. You watch every single week. I want to encourage you to do that. Don't disconnect, okay? Don't disconnect. 33% of Christians uh, in, in our country have completely unplugged from church online and church physically. And so I want to encourage you, continue to stay connected to Passionate Life Church as much as possible, okay? Man, we love you, we're praying for you, and we can't wait for the day that we can hug you and, and see you, okay? And I just, I just wanted to encourage you in that. And so he says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. He speaks to the fear of this, of this woman. But if we look at our own lives, we have this excuse with God all of the time. We say, God, but I only have a little. I only have a little talent. I only have a little money. I only have a little time. And this is our excuse, right? And this is why Elijah says, oh, don't be afraid. Remember, he's representing the voice of God. Don't be afraid because Jesus says, I can take your little mustard seed and I can move mountains with it. And so don't diminish the little that is in your hand. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. He says, go ahead and do just what you've said, but make a little bread for me first. Remember, he's representing the voice of God here. He's saying, put God first, then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. And so Elijah is saying, put God first. Okay, you got a little? Give that little to God first. You got a little time? Man, give that time to God first. You got a little money? Give that money to God first. First, you, 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 got, you got a little talent, oh my, give that talent to God first. This is what Elijah is saying. He's the, representing the voice of God. Listen, God can take your little and he can move mountains with it. He can do more with your little than you can do with a lot. Because when you put God first in your life, your life becomes, it comes under this open heaven and God can pour out blessings in your life that you can't even imagine or contain. And it doesn't always have to be money and finances. It can be other things. It can be relationally. It can be spiritually. There's a lot of ways that God can bless you beyond finances. 
And there's a lot of super rich people that are billionaires that are not happy to have all the money in the world. So they would tell you that too. Give God the little. Put God first. Don't be afraid that it's little. God can do a lot with our little. Let's, let's continue with the story here. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. So she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. When we seek the kingdom of God first, we are investing in an eternal kingdom. We are, we are living to, for a kingdom that will never fade away. We don't worship a president. We worship a king, and we're going to spend eternity with him. And so when we put him first, our lives come under this open heaven, and he's allowed, man, he's, he's able to do things in our life that we could never do on our own. That's why one of the names for God is Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. We put him first. He will provide all that we need. Again, not all that we want, all that we need. Point number two, the second thing the divine disruption can bring is understanding what is essential. Understanding what is essential. And everything that we need to know is in this book. I'm telling you, everything we need to know is in this book. You want to know what's essential? Read this book, okay? God will tell you what's essential. When we allow God to divinely disrupt our lives, he will make it clear to us what is essential to our lives. Do I have any type A personalities out there? Like you like structure, you like everything aligned up. Yeah, some of you just, you just like it all. Like, and, and so if, if someone was gonna come to your house, you would like to know when they were coming to your house, right? Like you would like to know, like, like Dawn and I, we have one of, our high, one of our highest spiritual gifting is hospitality. Okay, that's one of our highest spiritual gifts is hospitality. And that's why when, when everybody comes through those doors here at Passionate Life Church, it's really important for us that everyone's feel loved. Everyone feels like they belong. Everyone feels like, man, they just walked home, whether it's their first time or, or, or their 200th time. We just want them to have the same experience. And, and eventually, guys, I know some of you have been asking, we're going to have the homemade goodies back again, okay? We're going to crank up the baking team again. And we'll have coffee again, you know, someday, and, and tea and hot chocolate. We'll have that again because we, man, that's part of being, you know, having that hospital, you know, that house. Oh, boy. I can't say it. Hospitable, thank you. Environment where people feel loved and, man, they feel at home, 
right? And so we, we plan that on purpose, right? That's not a mistake. That's not by luck. We do that on purpose, okay? And so when we have people come to our house, we make sure that we have preparing a, a good meal and that the house is clean. We have two little boys. Come on, somebody say amen. Like they wreck the house every single day. It's a train wreck. And, and you know, we have homeschool at our house. And so it's just, it's, it's a, and so we like to know when people are coming over so we can plan. Now, can you imagine someone showing up to your house just whenever for dinner? Like on a Tuesday, it just is like they just pop in, hey, we're here. Like, you, you didn't call me, you didn't text me, you didn't even email me. You just show up, right? Well, this is what Jesus does to Martha. Okay, Jesus just comes, roll, they're going from city to city, and they just roll up into his friend's house, uh, Martha and Mary's house, and un, you know, unannounced, they just show up. So let's read this passage here as Jesus disrupts Martha and Mary's life. As they continued their travel, Jesus entered a village. A woman by the name of Martha welcomed him and made him feel quite at home. She had a sister, Mary, who sat before the master, hanging on every word he said. But Martha was pulled away by all she had to do in the kitchen. Later, she stepped in, interrupted them. Master, don't you care that my sister has abandoned me in the kitchen? Tell her to lend me a hand. Let's continue. The master said, Martha, dear Martha, you're fussing far too much and getting worked up over nothing. One thing only is essential. And Mary has chosen it. It's the main course and won't be taken from her. Just leave that passage up for a moment. What have you been fussing far too much over this week? What have you been getting worked up this week about? You see, when, when you're a, a Mary, this passage is easy. It's like, yeah, it's, you should be in front of Jesus' feet. You should be listening to the words of Jesus. But when you're a Martha, when, man, you like to have everything look good and, 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 and you want to serve and you want to do things when you're a worker. And let me tell you, the kingdom of God needs workers. That's what Jesus isn't saying that. Okay, we, we need people to serve and be part of impact teams here at Passionate Life Church. And that's how we, we function as a church with security and, and ushers and, and guest services and people that serve in King's Church. It's all really, really important to creating this church, this ecclesia, this body of Christ. But what Jesus is saying is, Martha, you're putting your works above your worship. You're putting your works above the worship, and I need you to get it in order. I need you to focus on worship. I need you to focus on my words, because you're getting worked up over things. You're getting, you're, you're having, you're panicking. You're, you're, you're riddled with anxiety and stress over things that you cannot control. I am here, Martha. Like it or not, I'm here. And I need you to worship me in this moment. And when, when anxiety hits this week or stress hits this week, remember this story. 
Are we trusting in our works in this moment? Or are we trying to distract ourselves with works? Or is this a time where I should be worshiping Jesus in this moment? Because that Jesus is, that's what's essential to our lives, that we're putting God first in every moment in our lives. And this is a time, is this a time I should be worshiping or is this a time I should be working? Because many of us, man, we work and work and work and we miss the moments that we should be worshiping Jesus throughout the day. Well, let's not get worked up this week, no matter who wins. Jesus is still king. His word is eternal. And at any moment, in any day, we, can, we have the freedom to open it and hear the words of Jesus. Come on, let's, let's get rid of our please do not disturb signs. We are the light of the world. There are people all around us that we're the only Jesus that will, they will ever see. Our neighbors, our coworkers, our friends, our family. Come on, above all else, no matter what your family member, how your family members is voting, above all else, we are Christians and we're called to be the light of the world to them. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. I just ask you, if you're watching online or if you're listening, if you just bow your heads and close your eyes also. This is your moment to respond. This is, this is the most important moment of your life. Maybe you'd say, Pastor, I've never said yes to Jesus. I've been curious about Christianity. That's why I'm here today. That's why I'm watching. And you want to make that decision today. Or maybe you've fallen from the truth and, and you've just... And you've been caught up in the things of this world. And today you want to make a recommitment to Jesus today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, just slip up a hand today. I just want to pray with you today. Yes, yes, yes. You can put your hands down. And I would just ask that everyone would say this prayer this morning as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning, that you would forgive me of all my sin, that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give him a hand clap today. Thank you so much for staying connected to Passionate Life Church. If you'd like more information, you can email us at passionatelifechurch at gmail.com. Be sure to like, subscribe, or share this with a friend. Thanks again, and we'll see you soon.